here today, just so that you're aware. I need some, I need some help initially, especially, okay? Is everybody ready? You ready for Christmas? Yes. yes. Hey, Christmas festivities and fun. That's what it's all, you know, this is what it's all about, isn't it? And when, when you start talking about Christmas, what thoughts are conjured up in your mind? So throw, throw, throw me some thoughts. When you think about Christmas, I'll, I'll give you some thoughts that I've had, you know, things like Christmas carols, food. Did you say food? Yes. This, this time last week, we had about half this number in church because we didn't serve food. This week, we, we put food on the menu and everybody came back. You're amazing. Food works every time. What else? Family, yes. Nativity. Yeah, go. Christmas Day, yes. You know, that's all this build-up, isn't it? What about, oh, Samuel's on the roll now. Christmas lights, I like it. Don't you just love the twinkly little lights that twinkle everywhere and they're beautiful? Look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? How about Brussels sprouts? Yes, Brussels sprouts. Yes, I see that hand. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So Brussels sprouts, mince pies. We've got some mince pies. Yes, go at the back there. What else? You also like mince pies. Eh? Liz and, and, and what's your name again? George. George, that's it. <laughs> How about Christmas crackers? Hey? What are you? Candy, candy canes. Candy canes, sorry. All these different nationalities here today. Can't, I can't understand them. So how about Elf on the Shelf? How about silly hats? How about silly hats? Reindeer, hey, things like that. Come on, what else? Christmas presents. Nobody's mentioned the Christmas presents. What about all the little gifts under the tree? Christmas presents. Uh, I don't know if it's only, is it just me? But sometimes what I do is I buy Christmas presents and then I put them away. And, I, you know, you squirrel them away. And then you can't remember where you've put them. And then, <laughs> yes, Liz, I'm glad I'm not on my own here today. But you, then you can't remember where you've put them. And all this is great. Have you got a thought there? What else have you, what do you think you got? Jingle bells, come on, of course. It wouldn't be Christmas without jingle bells. I can hear something rattling in your head as you go like that. There's bells in Epa's head. Oh, it's great. You know, all this is, and all this is fun, and all these festivities are great, and there's nothing wrong with them. You know, Christmas Day is a great, great joy, great excitement, and I know every family is different. You know, you've got your sort of routine for Christmas morning. You know, some people, they wake up first thing and coffee, okay, or tea. Okay, especially the older people. Yes, coffee or tea. Or do you put the turkey in the oven? Or do you start peeling potatoes and parsnips and carrots? Or do you do all that on Christmas Eve, the day before? You know, in, was he in the kitchen? What about stockings? Do the kids, do your kids get stockings at Christmas time? You open up your stockings, or you're allowed to open up your stockings. You see, <laughs> I can tell who's in charge in this household. Yes. Then what we do is we um, open. What I do is I take them out, I look at them, I put them back in, go to mum's and dad's room, wake them up. That's so you cheated, in other words. You've had a quick peek preview. <laughs> You have a quick preview, a quick sneak preview of what's in the stockings, and then when you open them, it's like, 
I can't believe it. This is in my stocking. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, every, but every family has got your different routine. You know, what about the king's speech this year? We're going to have the king's speech. You know, that's going to be great. Phone calls to distant lands. I mean, there's half, <laughs> most of the people in this room are not from this country. <laughs> you know, so it's long distance phone calls outside of time zones. You know, especially if your family's like in New Zealand or Australia or that side of the world or America, you know, um, while we, you know, while America's still sleeping, you know, our day is almost over, I think, isn't it? They're behind us. So um, there's all these things that are going to happen on Christmas Day. And all this is great fun. And there's nothing wrong with it, okay? I'm not bad-mouthing Christmas Day. But what I am going to say is that on top of all this, in fact, it's the foundation of all this, let's make sure that we open the best gift known to man this Christmas. The best gift known to man. The ultimate present. By far the best gift known to man, has got to be the presence of God, the presence of Jesus. That's the best present that we can get. And so we're going to take time today to consider the wonder and the awe. I've just, this week, I've just been reading Luke's gospel, and I'm seeing it with fresh eyes, and we're going to do that today. We're going to look at the reality, the reality of the greatest gift known to mankind, and his name is Jesus, the gift of Jesus. He's our Messiah. He's our Redeemer. He's our Restorer. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the bread of heaven. He is the bright morning star. He's the lily of the valley, the rose of, the, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He's the door. He's the Prince of Peace. These are names that, that we know Jesus by, the light of the world. Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, the captain of our salvation, the Lamb of God. This is who Jesus is. He is our hope. He is our joy. And I don't know about you, but he is our life. He is our life. He is the way, the truth, the truth. <laughs> Getting my mixed up, and the life. Okay, I got it out. He is the life. And we're going to read a scripture today that's well known to all of us, and it's from Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 20. Are you ready to read this with fresh eyes today? No. Really? Come on, people. Thank you. Thank you, Agnes. Are you ready to read this, this, this Christmas Day account with fresh eyes? Yes, praise God. Thank you. Starts off in verse 6. So it was, while they were there, talking about Mary and Joseph, the days were completed for her to be delivered because she was pregnant with the, with, with the Messiah. And, um, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. Man, that takes commitment, eh? This morning it was minus six when we left home. And there are shepherds 
that are living out in the fields. They are committed to taking care of their sheep. They're keeping watch over their flock by night. Keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, listen to this, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. You know what? Sometimes we read that and we're like, oh yeah. So the angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord appeared around them and they were greatly afraid. Next line. No, no, no. Let's read that again. It says, an angel of the Lord. Now, an angel is not a little fluffy baby, okay? Or cherub. Or, you know, is Take that picture out of your mind. What we do at the nativity is not actually true, most of it, okay? But that is not, a baby is not a little fat cherub. A baby is a, crea- an angel is a created being. Thank you, Chris. An angel is a created being. They are huge. They are huge. And the angel of the Lord, these guys are watching their sheep at night. And suddenly... This angel, this big being appears in the field. Man, I'm getting excited. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. How many has it happened to you this week? Has this happened to anybody here this week? No? No? Praise God. <laughs> and they were greatly afraid. And, they, and the angel says to them, don't be afraid. It's okay. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings is the gospel news. I'm bringing you good news of great joy, wonderful, joyful, joyous news, glorious news. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, who is Christ the Lord. The first gospel message that was preached was by this angel. We think it was Gabriel. We don't know for sure. We think it was Gabriel. First time this gospel message is preached, there's born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. In other words, lying in a lying in a manger. Is it still coming up? Yep, lying in a manger. In other words, in a feeding trough. And suddenly, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Hallmark did not make that up. Okay, this is the Bible, the glory. The, these, these angels, there's just this multitude. Once, at first, there was only one angel. Now there's a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Oh. So when it was, oh, my word, as, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go. 
<laughs> Let us go now to Bethlehem. Let's not waste any time. Let's go now. There's that sense of urgency. And let's see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. Man, they rushed over there. They came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in a manger. Amazing that they knew where to find Jesus. He was in a manger. He'd already, the angel had said, he's in a manger. He's, you're going to find him in a manger. These are shepherds. They knew where to go looking for a manger. They didn't go to the hotel or the inn or the barn. They went to the feeding trough where the, where the sheep would go. And now when they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning the child. In other words, they couldn't help but share the good news. They had just seen the Savior, the Messiah, and what the first thing they did, they made widely known the saying which was told them by the shepherds. And all those, sorry, and all those that heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's a message for another day. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. In other words, the message says, the shepherds returned and let loose. The shepherds returned. They went wild. They went wild. They were glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. They were full of joy. This is a joyful event. They were ecstatic over what had just happened. One minute they were afraid, but then they saw the joy of the occasion, and they were ecstatic. And I just think, isn't it amazing that the first people to actually set eyes on Jesus, apart from Mary and Joseph, were shepherds? Isn't that just so awesome that they, are, they, they were these shepherds? And that the fact that they didn't only just see who Jesus was, but what he was, that he wasn't just this baby, but that he is the Savior, the Messiah, that, he is, that he's the one who's come to save us. Prior to this, there had been literally hundreds of prophecies in the old, throughout the Old Testament um, prophesying the coming Savior. And, from, and in, the, in the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament is Malachi, or as we like to say, Malachi. The Italian prophet, okay, <laughs> a bit of humor, but Malachi, Malachi, and in, in, and in the book of Malachi, he talks about the son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings. 400 years later, between Malachi and the, the arrival of Jesus, 400 years. No wonder why these shepherds went mad. No wonder why they were joyful. They, had been wait they hadn't been waiting for 400 years. They weren't that old, okay? But, but generation after generation had been saying, the son of righteousness is coming with healing in his wings. He's coming. Messiah is coming. And every time things would happen, they'd say, is he coming? Is he coming? No. Another 400, you know, wait another 100 years or so. Wait another 100 years. It's like his return. No one knows the day, no one knows the time, but he is coming back. Jesus is coming back. But now, at last, the Messiah has come. These, and the first people to see him, these lowly, humble shepherds. Oh, you know what? It's said that these shepherds 
that lived in, around the area of Bethlehem. They were the guys, they were the shepherds who took care of the temple flock. That at that time, still under the old covenant, a lamb had to be sacrificed in order to cover sin. And, but those lambs had to be absolutely spotless. They had to be spotless. And these shepherds would take care of those temple lambs. And those temple lambs would be wrapped in swaddling cloths. It's just strips of material that are just tied. It's like bandages. That, and they, they would mark those lambs, the ones that were spotless, the ones that could pay the price, the ones that would be sacrificed for the sin, to cover the sin. And then the, the, the shepherds see Jesus, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's how they got to know this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. They were the first to see and to recognize Jesus for who he was and their joy was evident. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, In your presence, in God's presence, is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Total in God's presence. Celebration. Joy. No fear. No anxiety. In God's presence is fullness of joy. Complete joy. And it brings us pleasure forever. There's nothing in the world that can, that can be compared to God's presence. God's presence, the presence of Jesus. So, so during the season of presence, the ultimate present is the presence of Jesus. And the presence of Jesus is not based on whether we've been good or nice, whether we've been naughty or nice. The presence of Jesus is dependent entirely on the grace and the goodness of God. The Savior's presence is based on grace. Santa's presence is based on how good we've been. You know what? There's a bit of a philosophy about Santa. I call it Santaology. Okay? It's not in the Bible. Okay? <laughs> Don't write me a letter, okay? It's not in the Bible. But, it, but, the, but Santaology basically says you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. If you've been good enough you'll get good gifts. If you've not been good enough, suck it up. You're not getting good gifts, okay? There's even a song that was written, and it goes like this. I won't sing it. He's making a list. Okay, I will. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> he sees when you've been sleeping. No, he doesn't. He knows when you're awake. Thank you. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. <laughs> That's it. I like that, Liz. That was awesome. I tell you what, he doesn't know when you're sleeping. He doesn't know when you're awake. Okay? I hate to burst the bubble. Sorry, parents. You can sort out your kids afterwards. But he doesn't know. Santa Claus doesn't know. Okay? 
We can't confuse him with God. God sees. He knows. He knows our thoughts from afar. Santa's presence are based on how good we've been, but the Savior's presence is based on his goodness, on grace. You know what? Within the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as being good. You cannot be a good person in the kingdom of God. It's like, but how does that work? Because God changes us from the inside out. It's not us trying to change our behavior and start behaving in a certain way, and that will get God's approval. It doesn't work like that. We cannot earn God's approval. Romans 3 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's a scripture in Isaiah that says in Isaiah 64, it says our righteous acts, when we try to be good, are like filthy rags before God. They are of no value because our goodness and our value and our worth is not based on how good we are. It's based on how good God is and that we receive his goodness and his favor and his kindness and that does something inside of us. When we receive that gift of Jesus, that does something in the inside of us. He changes us from the inside out. We are saved by grace. We are not saved by works. Okay, we are not saved by works. We cannot earn our way into heaven. We cannot. We will, we will slip up. We will stumble every step of the way. We are saved by grace, not by works. And God, listen to this, Jesus' presence is not based on how good we've been, but rather on how good God is, how good he is. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. And grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. Last week, we I'll tell you what, if you haven't listened to last week's message, I would encourage you to do so. It's about the love of God. I'll tell you what, I think it impacted a number of people's lives. But God places value, his love that he poured out for God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. That's what this is about. That's what all of this is about. It's about the love of God. And God's love gives us value, gives us worth. You know what? I know Chris is going to buy me a frying pan for Christmas. Okay. He hasn't even tried to hide it. I know where it is. <laughs> but the thing is that um, I burnt the last one. You know, I'm just saying, just, just confess your faults one to another. But I burnt the last one. And so Chris is extending lots of grace to me. And he says, Andy, I know you have need of another frying pan. So he's buying me a frying pan. And he even knows I'm going to mess it up again. I am going to burn it. I know it. Just leave me for five minutes with the frying pan and I walk away and I forget what I'm doing and the thing will be burnt. But I'm going to have to wait until Christmas Day to get that frying pan. Why? Because Christmas Day only happens once a year. It only happens, praise God, it only happens once a year. But it reminds me how confined and how limited Santa is. How confined and limited to one day in the year. You know what? He lives in the North Pole. Am I right? On my doctrine, my Santaology. Santa lives in the North Pole. He lives with Mrs. Claus, the reindeer, okay? 
You didn't know you were going to hear of all this. Elves, yes, I heard something about elves. Yes, and he's reindeer. And once a year, he comes out on one day in the year and delivers presents based on your goodness or not so goodness, whether you've deserved them. If you haven't, you won't. And then he returns to the North Pole, and we don't see him for another year. To me, one of the worst things you can do is go out on Boxing Day and see Santa Claus. It's like, you imposter. How dare you get back to the North Pole? Christmas Day is over. He's an imposter. Santa and his presence are limited. But the Savior's presence is unlimited. Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. He doesn't leave us based on, our, based on our performance. He doesn't say, oh, well, I don't know, Chris, you know, I saw you sigh and get irritated when Sandy burned that frying pan. I'm going to leave you. No, nope, he doesn't. He's merciful. He's kind. He gives us mercy. He gives us grace. You know what? God, Jesus is Emmanuel. In, in John 1, he says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus dwelt amongst us. He made his habitation amongst us. Isn't that wonderful to know? That if you're a born-again believer, Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with you. God is with us and Christ is in us. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. Come on. As a born-again believer, God is with you and Christ is in you. And better news, God knows your postcode. He knows your postcode. Whether you're living in Emsworth or Gosport, Gosport, or Waterlooville, or beyond, it doesn't matter. God knows your postcode. He knows where you are. He knows where you live. That Savior of the world, God, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He walked this earth as a man. He humbled himself. He, he came to earth as this helpless baby, the Son of God. He had no need. He was the Son of God in heaven, and he stepped down from heaven to earth as a helpless baby to save us. He walked this earth as a spotless, sinless man. He was a carpenter. So, dare I say, he, he's, he was a blue-collar worker. He, he was a tradesman, a craftsman. He walked, he's walked where we've walked. He's been through everything that you and I go through. He knows what it's like. The Bible says that he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through, child of God. But he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When everyone else leaves you, when everyone else forsakes you, he will never let you go. Our Savior's presence is what we need. Santa's present is what we want. But the Savior's presence is what we need. Man's greatest need was a Savior. 
Man's greatest need was a Savior. And we saw it in Luke chapter 2. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. We didn't need an advisor. We didn't need a politician. Amen to that. (laughs) We certainly didn't need a politician. We have need of a Savior. What we need is God's presence in us. God's presence in us. His presence. It's his presence that softens our hearts. There's nothing like the presence of God. The presence of God softens our hearts. It melts us. It heals us. The presence of God can cause us to walk in love, to cause us to walk in forgiveness. You know, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, just get into the presence of God. Just get yourself into the presence of God. Ask him to help you, to cleanse you, to soften you, because that's what his presence does. It just softens you. You know, um, I'll come into land right now. You know, sometimes we write a letter to Santa and we give him our list of wants. This is what I want. This didn't really happen in my day, but nowadays apparently Santa has an email, I think. So you can write to him, you can email him or text him, I'm sure. But when we get into God's presence, he changes our wants. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But as you delight yourself in him, he changes our wants. He changes what we want to what we actually need. Besides, let's just become aware of the presence of God this Christmas. Let's become aware of him. Let's become aware. It's okay. I'm not saying we're not allowed to have fun. No, let's have fun. Let's have food. Let's have festivities. Let's have Brussels sprouts, mince pies. Let's have all these things. But above all, let's have the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. Our presence from Santa are found underneath the tree. But the presence of Jesus is found on the tree. The gift of the Savior was on the tree. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Let's just close in prayer. I've gone